Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio is right now. What's going on, citizens? Another Thursday, another episode of the podcast that could New Amsterdam Radio. How is everyone doing? I'm doing okay. As you can probably tell by my hushed tone, that's very, very late here in the podcast studio. I don't know why I'm whispering. I don't really have uh, any neighbors really far away, and my house is pretty empty because I live by myself, but I always feel like I should do a little that hush-hush stuff. Um, it is Wednesday night. Typically, I record uh, the intros to episodes um, say two days or a day before it goes live, but it is now as recorded as due time. It is deadline time. Like this episode needs to be pushed right now. So you're seeing me uh, do it at the last possible moment. So when you get up on Thursday morning, the episode is there. And I was going to ignore all that stuff, but I think it's pretty cool to share that part of the process, right? Like sometimes you are ahead of the curve and you have episodes already planned, like when I go on vacation. And there's sometimes where you go, Oh man, I gotta get this out in time. And the reason why I got this out in time is we had some technical issues and difficulties with this week's episode. Uh, just the Wi-Fi situation, you know, it's still technology we're dealing with. There's some dropouts in there. And so uh, I got to, to spend more time in the editing process than I normally would have. But don't worry about that. My talk with Thomas Wilson is coming soon after the jump. Just gotta say, hey, newamsim.com, K-N-E-W. Amsterdam.com. Let's learn more about the show and other shows that I'm working on. And just because you are the loyal few that check out this podcast, I'm actually kind of dabbling with a little side project of my own. There's not really much of it yet, but I was thinking, how can I combine my loves of sports and comedy and and going back into my blogging mode or bag, as it could say. And so I'm kind of launching, not launching, I'm kind of working on this blog in the background, I haven't done a full fanfare release type yet, but it's alive right now. It's on right now. Uh, it's online right now. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, JustTheSandwich.com. JustTheSandwich.com. Think of it as like uh, the unathletic, like the opposite of the athletic. It's like factual reporting, but coming from uh, more of a lighthearted point of view. And it kind of was an extension of one of my podcasts. So if you're hearing this, you're the first ones to hear about it. Check it out. Let me know what you think and get back to me because it's all about trying new things in 24. And I hope you guys are too uh, as creative. So Thomas Wilson is a creative in a whole other space. He's an educator and he definitely is someone who reaches out to individuals or neurodivergent or and or and or on the autism scale. Uh, those individuals tend to be marginalized for a lot of cross sections here, whether uh, even high functioning ones uh, were having difficulties finding employment. We actually talked about that on our episode we had at this time last year about that individual that lost a car wash with the sole uh, purpose was to hire those who are autistic. Uh, Thomas Wilson has been working in this space for a couple of years now. So it was kind of cool to sit and chat with them and, and really find out uh, 
what it's like to be near thy virgin himself and what he's learned as far as teaching and educating others are the best possible way. And, and that's really what innovation is, right? We think of the word innovation and technology. We think about like, you know, circuit boards and semiconductors, but a lot of times it's just finding a way to do something differently and better. You know, Booker T. Washington once said, excellence is doing a common thing in an uncommon way. You're going to enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Uh, but before we get to that, one more time, last stop, <laughs> last aside, SeatGeek.com. Get yourself some tickets to events all across the city. Use promo code FLOPITO. That's F-L-O-P-I-T-O uh, for $20 off your first order. SeatGeek has been a proud supporter of New Amsterdam Radio. Thank you so much, SeatGeek. And you can help yourself out by checking out SeatGeek using the promo code FLOPITO. That's FLOPITO. And get $20 off your first order. Now. Officially, without any further ado, my talk with Thomas Wilson. Welcome back to the Ram Sam Radio, the podcast for creative. The design, the mayor, Flobo Boys in the mayor's office, hanging with people who are doing things above and beyond. On this episode, please welcome the head of RH Creative Advocacy and Storytelling, Thomas Wilson. Thomas, how's it living? Hello, it's going great. It's been a busy time with the holiday season, but a beautiful one as well. Yeah, first of all, happy new year, because I think we booked this back in October and I recorded this in January. So this must be a really busy couple months, huh? It's it's been a lot. There's been about like 13 new opportunities each month just outside of um podcasts. So you know, I'm a big believer that if you wasted opportunities are something that you can never get back. And so I pursue everything I can within reason with all my passion, because you never know what you're going to miss out on if you don't. Yeah. I, I try pursuing things with half passion. It always ends up bad for me. So I totally get that. So let, let's talk about it. The, the creative force behind RNH creative advocacy and storytelling, helping out individuals who are under the neodivergent umbrella. What exactly does that mean for someone who may be uninitiated? What neodivergency and your company? So, they do? so um, I feel like a lot of people know what neurodiversity is now and today, but just in case you don't know, um, neurodiversity, and there's so many ways for me to mess up this definition. So I'm going to make it as basic as possible, which is really just how the mind processes information based on diagnosis and lived experience among a variety of, of other elements to brain chemistry and the ways we think. And my work is really designed around the idea that people deserve to have empathy, they deserve to have compassion, they deserve to have fun. Um, and it's all built around that idea that if we provide events, if we provide services, if we provide um, occasions for people that are really designed to honor that person, my opinion to honor people, no matter if they're diagnosed, no matter if they are neurodiverse, is that you have to honor all of who a person is. You have to provide them with the resources, the education, the care, and really focus in on that person, not the diagnosis. Sure. Just uh, as someone uh, learning more about this themselves, uh, what it, about uh, mainstream entertainment opportunities that tends to be a blind spot for those who are neurodivergent? What, what is the thing that most things miss? So I would say um, even just, I think one of the big ones that even goes outside of neurodiversity is noise level. Um, 
I think like one of the reasons I love concerts is that they are so much fun. There is a community aspect. There is um, a lot of beautiful connection there. But for people with neurodiversity or mental illness or anything, really, that can be a lot. That can, that stimulation level, those thousands of people. I find a lot of people forget that there's people in there who they may have sensory needs. They can't always deal with like dark spaces with bright lights or the element of how do you have uh, sensory spaces for those people who need to recharge or even the idea that, um, you know, if you have a speaker, how do you get that speaker to really connect with the audience? How do you get them to focus in on and appreciate that person. And I'm not here to bash public events at all. They do amazing work. Concerts, are they've been around for so long for a reason, but they don't, they don't have the capacity all the time to honor those people who need it, whether or not there are thousands of them there. And that's part of the reason I do my work. Some of what I do is self-advocacy um, around the community and advocacy around how to better serve those people. So you decided to, to make it uh, your mission, your passion. Walk me through that, though. I mean, there's a lot of people that have an idea what they would like to see in the world. But you're taking the steps to actually making that happen. Was it a napkin moment going, OK, look, RNH has to occur? Was it like a nudging from a friend or an associate? What was your path between becoming the creative force behind this? So I think for me, as it started off with many people in the community, I was a kid who had extra needs, uh, lived experience in the mental health community, uh, neurodiverse community, among many others. And I wasn't given the supports I needed in school. Um, I'm a big advocate for better levels of care for kids in schools. Um, but I also grew up as a youth being ignored for programs because apparently I was too difficult to handle. And I'll be honest with you, I was a bit of a hellion. Like people tell me, you know, you did not make things easier on your mom or other people. And that that is true. Additionally, I would say growing up without the proper supports I needed, I learned two major things. Um, people need community connections, but people also need care. So when I reached a point in my life in late 2021, I learned something really important. I needed a change in my life and I needed something that was going to drive me forward into my future in a better capacity. And when I was looking through a lot of things, I've been in healthcare for 12 years now. I've been doing a lot of work, but um, I will also attribute that point in time to COVID. A lot of people wanted community access. They wanted events, but a lot of places couldn't do them because there was too many health risks. So when I was at that point of what am I going to do with my life? What do I want to do with my life? Um, I looked to storytelling. I looked to sensory friendly events. And it was the only thing in that moment that lifted a lot of sadness for me. It was like, that's the thing. But it really was that moment of how can I fill the community need? How can I do this work? And how can I do it in ways that honor people in a point where I needed that myself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, because it was kind of cool to, to go down a little bit of my own research and advance this interview more about your company and, and your well, collective, it seems like it's more than a company. It's more like a, a relationship thing. And, and one of the major tips of the spear, if I can uh, take a little bit of the, a word from that glossary, is using Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I know that that's Vin Diesel's favorite game. I have yet to play it myself uh, because I don't have creativity and fall into my body. But walk me through this about the game and why that was really what you used uh to really uh launch these events 
So um, one of the things I had been doing Dungeons and Dragons for my day job for a while. Um, but what we discovered is there's some really amazing things about Dungeons and Dragons a lot of people miss. One of them is it really helps with self-advocacy. The other is it can help with math skills, peer integration, peer group deciding. Um, and there's the list of skills that that game can create are huge. But what really got me into it was when I started my business, I knew that I had the skill set to lead it, but I was asked by a local uh, store, the Autism Community Store, to lead a program. And what I had to do was really figure out how to pitch this. And it was really simple, actually. I looked at what I had seen in the community, but what I really needed to develop was how can I run this game in a capacity that it maps new skills and continually offers it. So I started looking at the game. I started looking at what I hated and what I loved. And I started looking at elements like I'm a big believer as a game master that uh, combat in these games can be really tedious. It can be really hard to handle for the players. So I started breaking down the game and creating my own system. And I got I, that autism community store hired me in about late 2022. It has many programs, but it was... I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of understanding the game and bringing it at a capacity where that element of self-care, that element of neurodiverse care, um, that element of empathy and compassion-based leadership is really focused. And it's not a skill everyone's going to have. Um, it's not a skill everyone's going to want to utilize because the game is so often just a fun space. But when I can apply those elements, when I can apply what I've learned in my years in healthcare, and when I've looked at this idea of what the, can this game do and breaking it into my own system, I've really learned that people across the country, I've done international interviews at this point, really want to know is how can you make fun, active play that is designed for all ages, a game system that when they leave the table they go that's fun but they didn't realize they practiced math and self-advocacy problem solving leadership skills all of these things it's it's a really beautiful system is is the game function the same or is it like a day on campaign is it like a different kind of die or is it just kind of like a same classic style of play um so a lot of what i do is um like i said take a lot of the core rules but my hope in every system is to combine the best rules of every game system that DD has and even other third-party games sure. and mold it into it and really what i'm doing when i'm playing is making sure that i'm telling the story that encourages active participation but works best for the players so i i have learned that there are many rules in DD books and things that are designed by the community very obviously but they're not for the community. So they can be paragraph long of information that I think you don't really need. Overly complex uh, phrasing, rule systems that are in books that are not attributed to the book that you were in. Um, and it becomes very convoluted. So a lot of what I do is really focus on telling the story as I would the right gameplay. Do not get lost on people and making sure that they flow in a way that is cohesive for everyone's understanding.
if that answers your question. No, it absolutely does. Uh, that's always something that, because it's really cool to, to have the framework there for it to be repeatable or scalable uh, and, and all that. And uh, so for someone like yourself, though, who works so tirelessly for this community and what you do, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a, a feeling after a long day of work of, of we're trying to refill the cup, right? You must be kind of tired some days. Like, what do you do to get yourself back in the game to, to go back out there the next day, the following week, the following year? So I am very, I may not seem like it, but I'm very much an introvert. Um, I have my ability where I can turn on the, you know, the personality and talk and have fun with people. But I found, especially in this work, the value of sitting by myself in front of a TV show or a YouTube video. And so just turning my brain off and just being the other thing that I really work on is um, some mindfulness and some um, redirection of thought. There are many games where I feel exhausted, but I love to review the positives. I love to review those things that make running events so magical because the isolation is great, but um, if I were to start thinking that this wasn't worth it, that would be a very quick quick slide down into some basically the end of my work so I always try to highlight those positives in my mind and refer back to the players and the people at events who thank me profusely or simply thank me for doing the work it's it's so good for the heart oh absolutely do you have a a, a wise counsel do you confide in anyone like a like a business advisor friends family significant other be like oh you can't believe what just happened with this client or vendor today <laughs> i definitely have those people that i feel like i can trust but to have those fellow business owners who can listen and be like yeah that's hard here's some ways to help or even just family or friends who i can be like today's a hard day do you want to go play a video game and be pure chaos or something in a video game um, really helps. I also have a few people who I keep really close and near and dear to my heart because their presence alone makes me smile. Um, and I think that's another thing that wise counsel is so pivotal for people who do events because we have the people we are extremely professional in front of. And then we have the people who just recharge our batteries because they know you and they know who you are. Um, even outside of that professionalism, that that is one of the best ways to stay healthy, in my opinion, is having those degrees of people. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think what's cool being on the show, hearing every uh, entrepreneur, creative, what that makeup is and how uh, different it can be for any kind of uh, project. Mm -hmm. But just for you at, at RH Creative and, 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 and storytelling, uh, sorry, RH Advocacy and storytelling, what was the moment for you, though, when you said, this is not just something I'm going to do once? This is not just a fun day out. This is something I want to work on to refine to scale uh to make it part of my story so i've had so many of those moments but i think really one of the first things was the first time i ran a session um, with my first client the autism community store um, and we were done and the kids didn't want to leave they were just so excited they were a little worn out but they were chatting with me we had downtime I was hearing how awesome it was. And that kind of moment has spiraled into, at this point, thousands. Um, when I've seen parents approach me and start off with, you must have unlimited patience, which is 
not anywhere near true. Um, probably one of the coolest things that has ever happened was I ran a game uh, for the neurodiverse community, and the, one of the moms felt so comfortable that she laid down on a nearby chair and took a brief nap. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was just so comfortable with the space, so comfortable with what I was doing. And then she got up, and you could see the change in her from that moment when she walked in to when she got up. It was it was one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. <laughs> was nonverbal sleep. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it, it's not just the game nights. Uh, we... Uh, I am excited that you're also are into the public speaking as well. And I'm sure you have a wealth of experience and many different approaches uh, for, for your experiences to helping others. But what's something people ask for specifically when they book you uh, to, to share about some kind of insight for what you're doing? Um, so I've done, I recently just did um, a speaking gig on the power of empathy-based leadership. Um, but my focus, I do all kinds of different events, but my primary focus is that community outreach that that speaking about the ways to empower, uplift, and move through the community. Um, I will say I've gotten a lot better just within the last year at that, but um, I think what makes my topic so niche is the fact that I'm always able to tie it in some way to pop culture and how pop culture can impact and positively impact communities and how it can be used as... Um, a stepping port for people who need advocacy or need resources. And I'm a big believer there is no stepping stone that works for every person. There's no grand answer for every question out there. But I'm a huge believer that properly educating the community is something a lot of people work hard not to do because it holds people down. And if we as a community can get out and start talking about things that a lot of people don't want us to talk about. Well, that's really admirable. I, I know there's a lot of people out there. Uh, I've had on my show, uh, dubiously, like, oh, I want to be a public speaker. And you're like, why? Like, I don't know. It's cool. But the fact that you actually have a purpose and it really, it, it's a cool perspective because I think all of us want to be mental health advocates, but we really don't know what to do or how do we ask for that kind of help to like, you know, spread the word of, of positive mental outlook. So I commend you more than half on that. And I hope uh, continued success in that field. Uh, 2024, still in the beginning stages. Uh, what do you have planned for yourself? and your business so right now um a big one because i just had a big reminder of why this is so important um i am continuing personally on working to maintain balance and making sure that i'm not just someone who talks about mental health care i'm actually applying it um but for right now for my business i'm actually really excited we're launching our first dnd camp in my hometown right now um, in about June, um, I just got asked potentially to lead a training on some of the stuff that we've talked about. Um, and I mean, there's been so much, but a couple other highlights are, um, I'm working on diversifying some projects for, um, I'm not going to say who, cause I don't want to reveal something too soon, but a couple, sure. um, semi-national retail chains, which is really cool. Um, and I have a few other people who are really excited to continue talking about um, my work on podcasts and other things. Um, and the thing that really excites me about that is, you know, we talked about this um, earlier. You had actually mentioned that 
what I love about my work is it's not always about me speaking. It's not always about me talking. So these opportunities are giving me an opportunity to help others see the value in their own voice. And that that's the best thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, New Amsterdam Radio, we usually ask our guests some department questions, kind of a lightning round, if you will. Are you down to hang with me, Thomas? Yeah. All right. So do you believe in days off? And if so, how do you spend them? I do believe in days off. I will say it's really hard to do that when you have a business. Um, but I am working in my own balance. I am working on trying to turn my brain off, trying to turn those ideas off the world around in me and enjoy something I really love, sit down and just have fun, letting my body recharge and my brain be quiet for a bit. Well, if you figure that out, let me know, because my brain will not shut up sometimes. Uh, well, what, what is the name of a book that changed your life? Uh, there is a book, I can't remember the name, The Soloist. Um, I believe they made it into a movie with Robert Downey Jr., um, but it is about the story of a man, a displaced individual who had gone to Juilliard to train as a violinist, um, but had his own mental health difficulties. Um, I highly recommend checking out that book because it's a very honest look at certain privileges, but also certain realities based in the healthcare systems and how people's lives can change when you meet the right person. Oh. Okay, yeah, I'll put that to my queue. Uh, it's a long queue, but it's going to be audited, I swear. Uh, and what would you consider your favorite junk food, my friend? My favorite junk food? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I've got to go with yogurt-covered pretzels if they're done well. <laughs> Wait, what's a bad yogurt-covered pretzel look like? <laughs> um, I would say one of those ones that has that super acrylic, like, false sugar taste to it. Fair, um, fair, fair. So, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and lastly, we ask everyone this one, but if you have a travel bucket list, please share. Um, a travel bucket list. Um, so I, I would love to go to the Scottish Isles. Um, I would love, uh, I've had a dream ever since I was a kid to kind of like bum my way through like the Venice, Italy area, just like getting little jobs at local mom pa shops um, and just traveling throughout Italy that way. Um, I also have to say, um, I don't personally drink right now, just out of personal preference, but I'd love to see the Guinness facility in Ireland. Um, and I would love to check out some of those um, whiskey and, uh, countries just because i feel like that's got to be such a beautiful story to hear oh yeah i can imagine that as well uh you'll love it because i've been to scotland once and it was the major cities but it changed my life forever thomas wilson from rnh man if everyone want to connect with you and, and contact you learn more about what you're doing how they go about doing that uh, so you can always email me at my email at nddtrpg at gmail.com um, I'm a big believer in the power of questions, so I am more than happy to answer those at any time. Um, additionally, I'm more than happy to give you my link tree, which will have 
all of my most pertinent links. And I've got some really cool stuff that I've on there that has just happened in the last year. So I would love it. People check that out as well. Oh man. Fantastic. We're going to hear more about you and your brand and appreciate you taking time to be a new am Sam Raider podcaster creator. Can I get you back later on to see the growth of it uh, as it unfurls. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.